All right. Joining me is Carl Zhao, who's host of the Silk and Steel podcast. Find him on Twitter at Carl, that's C-A-R-L-Z-H-A. And if you're still not banned from Patreon like I am, you can uh, subscribe and support him at patreon.com slash silk and steel. Welcome to TNT Radio, Carl. Hey, thank you, Havoye. I hope I didn't uh, butcher your name. No, you got it just right. And I, I've been a fan of yours uh, for a while. I love your commentary. And I was listening to your recent chat with Danny Haifong, who I've interviewed on my podcast and the great Garland Nixon. And I, I, I was laughing because you said you've been replaying Fallout 3 and Fallout 4. And I've been doing that uh, the, the last couple of months as well, replaying Fallout 3. Uh, and are, are you preparing for World War III or, or what's going on there? <laughs> well, actually, that's just my uh, gaming addiction. But I, I used to joke, you know, this is my uh, practice for the coming of a nuclear apocalypse because we are heading into very dangerous territory right now. Five years ago, if you asked me if there's any possibility of U.S.-China hot war, I would think you're crazy. Uh, now, I'm not so sure. I mean, this is how um, how far things have gone in just last five years. Yeah, I'd agree with you as well. Um, you know, I talked to a lot of people, and before we get to sort of the the military aspect, to look at the context, what what brought us to this point? You know, I had a great time in China about twenty years ago. I, I was in Beijing, Shanghai, Xi'an, uh, many other places. I've actually got a terracotta soldier standing right behind me that I picked up in. Uh, Xi'an, and I spoke with the economic hitman, John Perkins, recently, and he says that China has taken over and it, uh, you know, the world, economically speaking, uh, in terms of uh, influence. And it seems the Western world is having a hard time digesting this. Uh, you know, we, we see many countries now de-dollarizing Saudi Arabia, Iraq. Uh, president of Kenya recently came out and said no more oil in dollars. What are your thoughts on all of this? Uh, yeah, they... Western leaders absolutely having a freak out right now. I mean, this is because China pose, pose a big challenge to the U.S. hegemony over the world. And U.S. wants the full spectrum dominance. But the rise of China pose challenge to every part of that spectrum, whether diplomatic, economic, military, or, um, uh, or political. And I, I, I don't think the U.S. politician knew how to deal with that. And we saw an example of that at the, the latest TikTok hearing. I mean, I actually appreciate that there was a TikTok hearing in the U.S. Congress, but it really showed people, especially young people who tune in, exactly how stupid are our ruling elite. Um, you know, I'm speaking as a person who holds U.S. passport and who have lived in U.S. for almost 30 years. This is, I mean, it's absolutely flabbergasted. I'm absolutely flabbergasted how this group of tech illiterate people are uh, posting quite like basically red bait questions to the TikTok CEO that, and they would not even let him uh, answer the question they post. I mean, it's, it's just a, a South Salem witch trial. Yeah. And you know, th there are so many things I'd like to touch on, but one thing, myself as an American and a former press professor of history, and you know, one thing that's bothered me is American exceptionalism at the you know Washington D.C. political level. 
but as well as in individual Americans. And I understand studying history, you know, empires, countries rise and fall. China had its day in, you know, back in the day. Then you had the century of humiliation. And now it's it's rising again. You know, China and India centuries ago were more prominent. And it seems like, okay, you're rising again. And that's just how it is. And I'm already having interactions with Americans that they're taking it out on me. They can't handle it uh, anymore. And that they're not number one. And I think they're going to have a hard time with this. What are your thoughts? Oh, definitely. USA number one. That's almost have been woven into the American identity. You know, we, I'm sure when you grow up in U.S., you hear it all the time. And people at this moment, all the copious among the copium they have produced online about China's rise is really, really their core identity has been challenged. Uh, you know, how could China, this authoritarian dictatorship, is outperforming, you know, USA, the greatest democracy on earth, right? Um, I mean, I, I think you will take a good 10, 15 years for people, particularly people in the West, to come to grip with the rise of China. Um, I don't think it's not so much in the global South, because, uh, you know, if you look surveys after survey, the perception of China is actually much more positive in the global South than in the Western countries. And that's because we have been bombarded by constant propaganda about China. You know, we have people in the West, now they have grown distrust, more and more distrust for our, of our mainstream media. Yet when it comes to reporting about China, they just accept what they have been told. I mean, most of the time, many people have never traveled to China in their life. So the only information they have is from the mainstream media and they accept it uncritically. And they don't realize that they are have they have been propagandized. And this is the difference between uh, people living in China and also former communist countries like Russia. Because I, I was born in China in back in 1976. I went to school there until I was 13 years old before I came to the United States. So I can see the difference, um, you know, of two societies. People in China, they understand the state media. You know, it's just a mouthpiece of the Communist Party. So they know how to read the line between the lines of the news. Whereas in the West, because we say we have the free media, right? And people um, sometimes forget, uh, you know, they are just receiving the corporate propaganda. And, and this, is, this is a big difference. There's people in China, they knew propaganda when they see it. A lot of people in the West don't even realize they have been fed, force-fed propaganda all these years. Yeah, it's it's just uh, unbelievable, you know. And I and I tell people, you know, all I do is have podcasts and have relaxed, you know, reasonable conversations with people, and then I get my own government banning me from Patreon and PayPal. How is that democracy, freedom, <laughs> and liberty? We're gonna have to jump to our break. We'll be right back, and we're back with Carl Ja of the Silk and Steel podcast. Find him on Twitter, where he has provides great commentary. Carl Ja, that's C A R L Z H. A and feel free to call in and chat with us um, real quick. Carl, where's the best place for people to go to find your work? Is it your Patreon? Oh, yes. Um, I have, I'm currently running a pack podcast that's primarily focused on China and surrounding regions. 
history, culture, and politics. I'm actually doing a chronological retelling of the Chinese history from all the, all the way from the beginning. If you go to Patreon, just search Silk. The first podcast will be mine, Silk and Steel podcast. And thank you for mentioning it. Yeah, very cool. Um, is there any way to follow that if you if one does not have a Patreon? <laughs> Ah, okay. Um, so right now, most of my work are uh, uh, are for my premium subscribers, but I do post uh, my free work on my YouTube channel. So you can find me on YouTube, just my name, Carl Zha, uh, C-A-R-L-Z-H-A. And uh, I do a lot of, uh, I haven't updated in the last six months, but I there's a lot of content out there already. For example, I did a whole... Uh, Taiwan history series with my Taiwanese American friend Xiang Yu. Uh, we we covered Taiwan history from prehistory all the way down to the present. All right, and it's uh, all right. free on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Hope people check that out. And g- getting back, um, you know, to the petrodollar and petro yuan, um, I feel like the U.S. is going to lose its world reserve, and as a result, a lot of inflation. Is going to come back to the U.S. Living standards are going to decline. How do you see the the U.S. dollar where it's going, and then this idea of uh, a petro yuan? We are what we're seeing today is the beginning of an end dollar hegemony. I mean, the U.S. hegemony over the world basically has three legs: military, tech, and financial. And the financial leg rests on the dollar hegemony, rests on petrodollar. And right now that is under serious threat because people have realized that they don't need the dollar. You know, why Why do they need to trade uh, in dollars when they trade with China, for example? China already makes everything, right? It doesn't make sense. We United States have hollowed out its own manufacturing capacity, offshore all the um, industries, to, many of them to China. Today, the, and the only thing that, Thai um, grand dollars a reserve currency status is a U.S. deal with Saudi Arabia back in the 70s, um, you know, created the petrodollar. But now the Saudi Arabia is not exactly happy with arrangements. That's why they broker a peace deal with Iran. Um, with the help of China in Beijing. So so China is calling all the shots right now. China is also proposing a ceasefire in Ukraine, which U.S vehemently rejected calling any kind of peace unsustainable which is really crazy if you think about it but i don't think it will all happen uh right away overnight because one of the problem with uh petrol yuan or uh chinese rmb as reserve currency is that currently the chinese currency is not freely traded on the world market the way the dollar is uh, because you are, Chinese government like to or have been maintain strict con- uh, capital control, so this will be one one biggest hurdle to um, have petro yuan replace petro dollar. But then again, it's the Chinese government can literally remove that hurdle by one decree. You know, they can just relax the capital control tomorrow, and boom. Hurdle removed. Uh, although I don't think Chinese government is at that point. Uh, I don't. I don't because one of the consequences of having your currency as a world reserve currency is that you have to accept a large trade deficit with the rest of the world. The way that 
U.S. is having a large trade deficit with rest of, with rest of the world, including China right now. I don't know if uh, the Chinese government is ready for that at this moment, but we are mar definitely marching toward that direction. I, I read an interesting tweet today from Dan Collins, who's spent a lot of time in China. He said, quote, imagine if China flipped a switch and told PRC companies they must do international orders in RMB. The entire world would have to open RMB accounts with their domestic banks to pay for Chinese manufacturers. Millions of RMB accounts would open instant world reserve currency overnight, end quote. So I, I think there are many options here. Uh, what are your thoughts on digital currencies. It seems like everybody's doing it. All nations uh, have their CBDCs underway here in Mexico. Uh, the Mexican digital peso is planned for 2024, 2025. Um, there's, uh, I like to read Sergei Glaziev, the Russian economist. They've been talking about creating this new financial architecture. Uh, I think just yesterday, today, I was reading Russia, uh, India, and China are thinking about creating some sort of common currency. I know ASEAN is, uh, they've got like There are 10 currencies that they sort of want to pool into one digital representation. Uh, any thoughts on this trend of digital currencies and CBDCs? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm fairly confident that digital currency is now the way of future because, many, as you mentioned, many government is behind it. And in China, Chinese economy in particular is actually well situ situated already for digital currency. I mean, in, in China, I was in China in 2019 uh, to visit my family and I never had to use paper money. I, you know, I literally just whip out my cell phone, use the WeChat, either WeChat Pay or Alibaba, just scan a QR code and boom, there it is. And now nowadays, like, people in China can even pay with their, their face or their palm. Uh, so it's even, you, you don't need to have a physical money anymore. And, you know, it just makes sense to, for the government to go through that digital route. Uh, not, you know, they're not doing it to save trees, of course, but they, the governments, they also want control. You know, digital, digital currency is the one way they can uh, maintain tighter control over the monetary supply. And then to go back to the military aspect, myself as an American studying this, um, as well as a European that, America, I view that the Anglosphere has had, you know, there's Halford McKinder going back a century. They've had this desire to take over the planet like 100%. You mentioned full spectrum dominance, which is an actual, you know, Pentagon doctrine. Um, and they just, they want to take over the planet. I, in my conversations with Dr. Francis Boyle, Uh, he references his mentor, I think it was Hans Morgenthau, who talks, uh, he refers to this as unlimited uh, imperialism, that an empire will continue to try to take over the planet until it's stopped. And uh, Boyle's thesis was that, you know, it seems like Putin and Xi are coming together to put a stop to this, to put their foot down. And, you know, there's that talk of Thucydides trap and so on. But it seems the West is just getting very aggressive. They're trying to create this Asian NATO, which is insane. They want to arm South Korea with nukes. What's your take on, on all of this? Oh, yeah, this is uh, basically the U.S. lashing out, right? It's uh, It has seen the twilight of its own hegemony. Uh, you say the U.S. want to take over the world. Uh, I think a lot of the Americans, uh, particularly in the U.S. government, I think they 
already think they own the world. And that's why they get upset. There are even um, challengers like Russia or, or China that do not abide their so-called um, rule-based order, right? But we all know what the rule-based order is. It means do what I say, do what the Washington says or else. We're entering a very dangerous moment in time because uh, there's a group of Pentagon hawks who have publicly said that right now they have U.S. have a very small, limited time window to contain the rise of China. Because if China keep going on its trajectory within 10, 15 years, uh, Chinese economy will simply be too big for U.S. to be able to contain. And and it's precisely within this 10, 15 years, U.S. military planners think they still have a military advantage uh, because, you know, the, the nearly trillion dollars we spent on defense. And they think with all their gadget right now, if they uh, could possibly force uh, issue on Taiwan, they could put a stop to China's rise. I think that's wishful thinking. I think that's copium. But again, it brings us to a very, very dangerous moment because um, we're talking about nuclear powers here, right? I mean, China, Russia uh, combined, they have more nukes than the United States. And, and it, it almost seems like our elite has forgot about the mad doctrine, the, the doctrine of mutual, mutually assured destruction. Um, because we're going down a very, very dangerous path of trying to provoke uh, two large nuclear powers into a kinetic conflict. Um, I, this is, goes back to <laughs> what you said earlier um, when you mentioning about the game Fallout, right? The, 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 the whole premise of the game Fallout is there was a nuclear exchange between China and United States. And uh, it, this game sets in the post-nuclear apocalyptic world 200 years later. I hope I don't have to see that in my lifetime or my children's lifetime. Um, I think it's up to people like us who have um, independence of thought that, that can raise our voice and challenge our government and uh, you know, bring a stop to this madness. I, I don't think, you know, from the TikTok hearings, people can tell a lot of their, the U.S. elites are not quite there. You know, yet these crazy, stupid people are driving us to the brink of extinction. You know, we should not allow that to happen. I mean, this is for our own self-preservation. Um, I might be like ranting on too much. No, no, no. But and it, as you said, we should hope that doesn't happen. Um, but if it does, it uh, you know recommendation everyone start playing Fallout three and and four to <laughs> to, to pre prepare mentally <laughs> and and physically. Uh, I'm just I don't know. I've always been attracted to sci-fi, dystopia, books, films, uh, video games, and so from time to time. I remember when I first played Fallout three was back home in Croatia in 2009. Uh, I had my first gaming laptop. Uh, I was doing doing my master's thesis for a couple months on the beach in, 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 in our home in Croatia, in Dalmatia. And I was just enamored with Fallout 3. I literally, it was the first time, it only only time it ever happened, where 24 hours straight, I played through the day, through the night, 
uh, until the wow. next, you know, morning. I was like, whoa, I've never seen anything <laughs> like this. So um, we're, we're going to jump to our break. Uh, again, reminding people, you can call in and ask Carl a question. Follow him on Twitter at Carl Ja. That's C-A-R-L-Z-H-A. And you can check out his podcast at patreon.com slash silk, the letter N, and steel. We'll be right back. We're back with Carl Ja on our final segment. Check out his awesome podcast at patreon.com slash silk and steel. And we got a caller, uh, Carl. Let's bring him on. And uh, what's on your mind? Hey, guys. Joe here in San Diego. Carl, like your work, seeing you on with Danny and, and maybe a couple other shows. Yeah, wanted to uh, ask you if you see a potential, uh, instead of a shooting war with uh, the American Empire, uh, potentially kind of a divorce where China just stops sending all the goods. Uh, like, you know, Peter Schiff says, we just send them dollars, and uh, China sends us uh, all of these cheap consumer goods that are essential for America to function. Do you see a possible just kind of a cutoff and China telling its citizens, look, we're going to take some pain for two to three years, but on the, on the back end of this, we're going to come out stronger, whereas the U.S. obviously isn't really used to taking any pain. That is a great question. Um, I think, ironically, it's U.S. rather than China right now that's pushing for decoupling of China and U.S. economy, right? We, we saw that with the CHIP Act when uh, U.S. basically banned semiconductor companies from across the world to supply semiconductor to China or to ban uh, companies across the world that have business with the United States to purchase chips uh, manufacturers in China, which create a lot of ridiculous uh, distortions in the economy. You know, we had, uh, at the same time, we had a chip shortage global-wide, and this was caused by the U.S. policy. Right, because you have a situation where the U.S. sanction on the Chinese chip make, maker SMIC means any business, you know, have any kind of dealing with the United States, they cannot buy chips from China. So what you end up with is GM China, you know, a joint venture that GM have with its Chinese partners that makes GM cars in China for the Chinese market, but they cannot use the Chinese semiconductor chips in their car because of the U.S. sanction. And this is what really caused the, the, the chip shortage that we saw um, uh, several months ago. And, and, and this, this, this is quite insane. This has also cost billions of dollars to the U.S. tech companies that supply to the Chinese market. You know, Huawei is perfectly happy to buy chips from Qualcomm to buy chips from, to have their chips manufactured in Taiwan by the TSMC. But U.S. government is coming in and say, no, you can't do that, sorry. And this is creating a lot of economic distortions. And, and U.S. is also preparing, um, is in talks with the Europe, European partners, quote unquote, to possibly sanction China if China supplies uh, weapons to Russia, I, I think that's kind of red herring because I don't think Russia needs weapons from China. Russia produced plenty of weapons on its own. Um, but what Russia do need is semiconductor chips. And again, you know, there's nothing holding back the Chinese uh, semiconductor manufacturers to supply Russia with semiconductors at this point because they're already under U.S. sanction. There's nothing more they could lose. And, 
And so this, and the idea of decoupling that was proposed by the U.S. planners act, have a very crazy logic of its own. The, the, the logic is that if we're so economically intertwined, the two countries, it will be hard. You you will be hard. It will be harder for two countries to have a hot, hot war or conflict, and that ties the hands of Pentagon. So they. <laughs> So their solution is okay. We're just going to cut off the economic links to China, so we don't have to worry about it when you know we have a hot war over Taiwan or something. This is again, this is crazy. Um, I do think um, there will be more and more economic decoupling, but driven by crazy planners from Congress, from U.S. administration. Um, for uh, and and look at the TikTok. Uh, uh, case right. The, the whole reason behind the TikTok ban is because Facebook, Google couldn't compete, so they're buying off the U.S. congressmen to to have and lobby the U.S. Uh, government and and the and buying off their contacts in the U.S. media to push this campaign against TikTok. And and this is really because U.S. have lost its competitiveness. It, 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 so we don't we no longer believe the free, in the free market capitalism that we supposedly cherish. So instead, we have to rely on protectionism and um, underhanded, uh, you know, we're willing to violate the, the, the free speech rights to ban a, a platform like TikTok, which is, has 150 million Americans on it. Um, so I, unfortunately, I do see... Um, economic decoupling coming in more and more in the future but i don't think it will be driven on the chinese side but it's more um more and more driven by misguided policy of the u.s government all right that, that was a great uh question for joe uh thank you and um Carl, I, I did want to ask you, you had a previous comment in, in one of your interviews i think just a couple weeks ago with danny again and it, it, it hit home with me because you said that you hesitate to bring your family to visit the United States since, you know, as you said, you have a Chinese name, a Chinese face, according to Washington. You're the enemy, right? Uh, Chinese. Yeah. And uh, I'm an American. I'm born in Chicago, Illinois. Um, and I kind of left 15 years ago, permanently expatriated. But, you know, I'm not kidding when I say I hesitate to bring my family to the United States as an American. You know, I, I, I'm afraid to get my electronic devices searched, to be declared a domestic uh, terrorist, to be renditioned to a CIA black site. I mean, I had the Department of Homeland Security shut off my PayPal, and it's like, wow. I'm afraid as I'm afraid of, as an American to visit the U.S., uh, which I call the USSA, you know, United Soviet States of America. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts as you know, lo looking towards America's domestic problems? What are your thoughts on? You see it becoming more authoritarian, things just falling apart. There's, you know, infrastructure issues, so on and so forth. What's important for you there? Oh, definitely. I mean, I think we all know the U.S. congressmen, U.S. politicians are just a bunch of grifters, you know, trying to suck on the tits of the of the taxpayers. Right. And but right. You know, that that's fine and dandy. But right now they are pursuing a very dangerous game. Look at the Restrict Act they're pushing out, ostensibly targeting TikTok. But if you actually read the details, um, it's Patriot Act on steroids, right? I mean, using VPN will land you in jail for 20 years and $1 million fa 
fine. Are you kidding me? This is way、mm. more authoritarian than China. You know, in China, you can they make you jump through hoops to get a a, a VPN, but way、mm. more authoritarian than China. You know, in China, you can they make you jump through hoops to get a a, a VPN, but say um you know if I get a VPN installed before I go to China and I go to China, I, I can use VPN no problem. This was my experience while I was traveling through China in 2019, and I know many of my Chinese. Chinese friends, colleagues, they have no problem accessing VPN, and you know they don't get it. Once they have a reliable VPN provider, VPN provider, you know normally you the the Chinese police don't make trouble for them. You know they 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 make it hard for Chinese citizen to get VPN. But once you have it, you know you're not going to get landed in jail. They're not going to you're not you're not going to get fined one million dollars. But this is United States. Right, we are supposedly believe you know Ch- Chinese government didn't even don't even say they're they're they, they believe in like freedom of speech and all that. But United States, we have all these ideals, and yet we are pushing the most draconian laws onto the, the U.S. citizens, all ostensibly for、uh, you know banning Chinese、uh, influence, but it's really putting more restrictions on the freedoms of the American citizens. I mean, everyone. In U.S., should be outraged by this.、Uh, there's all this talk、uh, of like a second civil war, all this polarization. Trump is going to be arrested. Do you think? And I've interviewed folks like Dmitry Orlov, who talks about you know、uh, basically America experiencing its own at some future point Soviet type Soviet style collapse.、Uh, I kind of don't think maybe we'll go there, but again. Who knows? You know, any thoughts on that or any other domestic issues on the home front? Yeah,、um, you know, right now U.S. face a lot of problems. A lot of these problems are self-inflicted, right? It has nothing to do with China or Russia. You know, supposedly interference in our election.、Um, if U.S. can somehow get its act together,、um, if the, the, the if the American people can take back their government, you know, truly make it a government by the people for the people. Then we may still have a hope for our future.、Uh, right now, we are definitely heading the wrong direction. I don't believe a civil war will will break out imminently, but right now the 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 the, the trend is toward increasing polarization, more cultural cultural wars.、Um, I you know I don't know I I I'm like right now I'm like I said before、um, five years ago if you asked me if there's a possibility of a, of a U.S. China caught war I would have laughed and today I I think different、uh, you know check with me in five years and ask me what I think about U.S. future if we're all still here in five years and we're about two and a half minutes to midnight、uh, is there any other you know thought. That's uh, pressing uh, on your mind. That's interesting,、uh, or, or final thought for us. Yeah, I, I think one one of the things that's really boggles my mind is now we have all these politicians, think tanks dominating the airwave. You know, pushing us toward a confrontation with China and Russia, and but there's no real public debate asking the the one question: Is this all necessary? Why do we need to have a A confrontational relationship with China and Russia. You know, why can't we just trade and let the other countries run their own business? 
right? We we're not we don't have to be the policemen of the world. Uh, you know, in, mo in most cases, uh, U.S. is not welcome <laughs> in most part of the world as a policeman. So, and and we have plenty of problems of our own. You know, how about let's focus on ourselves, focus on you know build U.S. as a better place as the true shining city on the hill you know live up to the to its us's own american ideals i think that will go a long way to world world peace i mean i at the end of the day i have to have that hope yeah we all we all uh do just real quick got about a minute left um ukraine do you think um reasonable minds will prevail or does that also have the potential to spark world war three um i don't think it has uh, we're going to world war three but you know u.s plan has always been to fight the russians to the last ukrainians right it's, it's a proxy war and uh, right now that proxy war is not going well for the collective west i mean this is why we have a collective freak out at the top leadership um i mean this the the, the inflation is rampant uh, it's really hurting the economy in the in in in, in the EU in the US. Um, I mean, people are gonna wise up and and ask some serious questions. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing this? Carl, we're out of time. Thank you so much for being on TNT Radio. Carl Ja uh, on Twitter at Carl Ja and subscribe to his uh, podcast on Patreon.com/slash Silk and Steel. See everybody tomorrow.